<laughs> Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 337. I'm your host, Technical Failure Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, Bido Empire Saboteur, David McBurney, Femme Master. And again, I don't... Even though I now understand that reference, I don't understand that reference. Can't believe you don't keep up on the lore of R-Type tactics and R-Type in general. I don't know um, that I've ever actually played an R-Type. You should fix that, they're fun. Probably. Uh, anyway, uh, so do we have any news to cover at the start of this before we jump into uh, my homework report and whatnot? Uh, mostly just that uh, there was, that, you know, we heard that the Wii U and 3DS uh, online is going away. There's already people beavering away at fan servers. So your favorite Wii U and 3DS games will probably still be playable. And I think there's supposed to be a few exceptions to that for things like Pokemon Bank. So you'll be able to still transfer Pokemon to other 3DS games. Uh, other than that, uh, allegedly there were some... Uh, to continue with last week's theme, there were some layoffs from Naughty Dog, mostly contract workers, largely QA. Uh, allegedly probably has something to do with the fact that uh, Bungie's assessment of the troubled Last of Us multiplayer game, usually referred to in uh, reports as factions, apparently. Like, Bungie sort of is the uh, the gatekeeper on all of Sony's attempted live service games, and they apparently gave it a, this sucks. So <laughs> That's uh, potentially going back to the drawing board to some extent. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do wonder what the uh, long-term outlook is for Sony's... Uh, Alleged, like, alleged claim, well, not even alleged claims, they made claims that they were going to have, like, something like a goddamn dozen live service games coming forward while that entire bubble is bursting. So, I, I don't remember this. I don't, still don't understand it at all. You would think that they would at least notice that, like, there certainly isn't space in the market to have, like, one manufacturer making a dozen of the goddamn things. No. But. Yeah. Uh, but moving forward, yeah, that, that's, I think, the biggest news of this week. Uh, so let's get right down to your homework. Okay, there was no Legend Heroes this week, sorry. God damn it. Uh, I had, was trying to finish all the Grandmaster GMs with Destiny, because they do, I don't know why they do it like this, but there's, once... Once they launch for a season, for the first few weeks, you can only do the one that's like for that week. And then at some point, if you've completed them all in a season before, you unlock the ability to just play them all whenever you want. I, again, I have no fucking idea why they do it like this. 
I don't know what the reason is, but whatever. That's how it works. So this was live service game. Not even once. I don't get it, but whatever. This was the week they all unlocked, so I wanted to just get them done with because the ones this season suck. Not n not necessarily. You would have been free suck. to not do those. Okay. <laughs> suck is the wrong word. The the ones this season are some of the hardest ones that have been in the game, and um. Generally, they don't haven't put them all together in one season until now for reasons unknown. So whatever. Uh, got got the the last three done. Uh, two of which weren't that hard, and then the last one, which I was saving for last because it's a pain in the ass, took a while. But that's all done. So now I'm back to just again chill destiny because. Uh, they have continued to not raise the level cap, so I don't have a lot to do except just have fun. Hooray. So, uh, now that that's done, I'll probably get some Legend of Heroes next week. Uh, but Dragon Quest, continuing on with uh, the adventures of maybe I'll get my party again eventually. Uh, now in the mountains in some oh, weird wow. monastery with people that have apparently trained members of the royal family of the heroes family for generations um, oh, yeah, I remember that section. which he should have obviously the main character should have been trained there had his family not been murdered and whatnot oh, with all the murder and shit yes so that's where i'm at with that continuing on uh we'll see where that goes next uh in terms of other things I've been playing, um, uh, unfortunately it doesn't come out till tomorrow, but by next week I will have a report on how, in God's name, Borderlands 3 runs on the Switch. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't have a guess on that one. No clue, whatever. Uh, but Silent Hope picked that up this week. Um, because it's like a brainless dungeon crawler I can play in between other stuff. Just You're a brainless dungeon crawler. Sorry. <laughs> just to go in and knack and slash some stuff. Uh, the story is whatever. Um, no one can talk except for this princess character that says a bunch of shit about Lost Kingdom or something. Uh, I don't care. Whatever. There's So the, the, the whole premise is there's like seven different characters you can switch between at different at uh, specific points in the dungeon or when you're outside the dungeon you can switch to a different character um, and they all have slightly different play styles you can level them up independently by different equipment and whatnot and kind of standard stuff you can find stuff to craft new equipment and whatnot you know it's mm. um, I want to say it's by the books but I which I think is kind of unfair to it because it's got kind of a cutesy like look you'd see in other marvelous games. It plays well. It's got nice music, um, and it's a nice small download. So uh, it's pretty good. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it so far. It's fun. Um, playing as a maid for some reason. If you're in, playing as a what? A maid for some reason. Oh, I switched off the maid. Now I'm a farmer. Ah, uh, okay. That makes slightly more sense for Rune Factory. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if if you go to the village in this, it's got some of like the the cows, typical cows, whatever. You know how it farms. 
don't know. It's pretty fun. Um, it's not it's not a full price game. It's forty bucks uh, on the eShop. It's on sale right now for thirty five. So it's not too bad. It's kind of fun. Um, you know, I'm not sure who the developer is. If it's actually like the same Rune Factory developers. Uh, but the, the combat in those games has always been pretty decent, and it feels kind of like that, so... Uh, hmm. it's, it's a fun little distraction, is what I'd describe it as. Uh, other than that, I've been playing Adventures of Die, which is goofy anime fun. Highly recommend it. <sighs> Just again... Plenty of thrashing. Yes, again, please, for the love of God, do not... It's an anime dying game, remember what that yes. is. It's an anime tie-in brawly game with um, RPG coding. Like, you know, it's like... A veneer. A, a veneer of an RPG. It is not really an RPG. So please, do not go in expecting the long-awaited action RPG Dragon Quest, because it's not that. Okay. PSA over. Gotcha. Uh, other than that, um, more Dragon Ball. I finished Dragon... Did I talk about this? Was I finished with it last... No, I was not finished with it last show, I don't think. But I finished Dragon Ball Super anime. And I continued directly into the, the manga, which is weird because... Like, in the middle of the chapter that ends the whole Tournament of, uh, tournament of Power... It immediately starts the next storyline. Like, there's like no clean break for a new chapter. No stopping. Just, just jumps right into the, the the next story right away. It's just like some time later, and new stuff oh, happens. And it's been more. Yes, happen. it's been a nice change of pace because so far it's a lot fewer characters and a more focused story instead of like ten gajillion characters. Different different take on the material. Yeah, so that's been fun. Um, and I did... Oh, hold on. Fire Miner. Did want to talk briefly. Do some manga anime talk. Talk about oh, no. the experiment I've been... I've, I just completed. Uh, I decided to read and watch one arc of One Piece... As an experiment, oh, Lord. which I have now completed, Mister Game and Watch, uh, which was pretty fun, um, but it did let me see how much fucking filler there was in the anime, and I don't just mean like here's some random adventures that aren't in the manga at all. I mean, no, it's a lot of we stretched out a chapter yes. so that it would make closer to a TV length because reading a chapter of manga takes like seven minutes. Yes, there's that <laughs> and then there's also, oh hey, this character Ace in the manga shows up in this arc for like one chapter and it's like, hey, you want to join Whitebeard? No? Okay, goodbye. And oh. he, he's in like 15 episodes of the anime <laughs> as they go off on random side adventures that kind of kill the tension of hey we need to save this kingdom really quick but you know you got time to stretch your feet like, okay so that was weird um uh, but I, I honestly was glad I had read that part first because then I could just zone, zone out for most of those episodes because they kind of sucked 
Yeah, that's also a hallmark of that. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about one of the one of the inventors and innovators of anime filler? N Naruto? No. What? No. No, no, let's go back a little earlier than that. Okay. Star of the Giants. What's that? That is a real old uh, manga about uh, about baseball. Uh, so it's an early one. God, what year is this? Like it's 60s, I want to say. Yeah, 1966 uh, was when that manga started. Uh, it's old enough that there was a crossover between it and Astro Boy. Uh, huh. But Star of the Giants uh, had an anime adaptation in the uh, late 60s that uh, kind of infamously sort of innovated filler because it was adapting a manga that was uh, relatively serial and not yet done. Uh... And so, infamously, uh, you, you could trace a lot of the techniques of, say, Dragon Ball during the Frieza fight to this manga, to the point where there is, uh, there are episodes where it's like, the, the joke, I've never been clear since this has tragically never been translated, despite being considered a classic in Japan, but, uh, this, uh, the, the joke was always that there was a episode of this that was just entirely uh, listening to the internal uh, the, the internal like monologue to various characters while they waited for a single pitch to be thrown. <laughs> and I think that's at least a bit of an exaggeration but it's still uh, it's like one of, one of the innovators of uh, anime filler. Star of the Giants, uh, it's one of those things that, like, if you've seen some of it, there you start realizing that a bunch of things reference it. Uh, most infamously, uh, it's the sort of innovator of, like, a key thing in uh, sports anime and manga, where there are sort of two kinds of uh, protagonists. There are, for, for sports manga, there's, like, the the kid that's grown up always wanting to be part of the sport and like the kid that absolutely fucking despises the idea of doing the sport <laughs> and star of the giants is the latter because his fucking dad has like uh essentially abused him to shape him into a baseball player uh to make up for the fact that like world war ii derailed his dreams of being a baseball star uh, and one of the things that is part of that abuse is this ridiculous, like, spring-loaded training outfit. <laughs> and you can see this spring-loaded training outfit show up in, like, things like the Yakuza games have it as an item that increases experience gain. Oh my god. Yeah, Star of the Giants. Uh, very, uh, it was written by, I want to say it's Ikikajiwara. Yeah, Ikikajiwara, one of the... Uh, writers of a number of famous manga from the 60s and 70s. Uh, it's magnum opus, as far as I'm concerned, being Ashtono Joe, the, uh, the the unparalleled king of sports boxing manga. Which is uh, more crowded than you would think. 
there's there's a there's usually at least one major sports boxing uh one major boxing manga going on for a long time uh it's been hajime no ippo uh for the uh there was ring nikakeru i want to say ring nikakeru i can't remember yeah ring nikakeru was uh very popular for a time and yeah the oldest the the grandfather of them would be uh ashton joe which i've ranted about before it's very very good uh, okay manga manga corner over oh and is <laughs> to come out of this uh i mean the general consensus is that filler for one piece did it better than bleach and naruto people back then just kind of accept filler as a fact of life only after my hierarchy that people began to understand they could just make seasonal anime shown into wait for the manga to catch up uh, so the one yeah, that, uh, AOT also did that around the same time. I hate that show, though. Um, it sucks, but it is one of the first ones where they're like, we can just make a season of this and then come back to it when there's more to adapt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the nice thing about One Piece, as far, far as filler goes, is if if you read the manga before, like the the co- the not the cover, like the first page in each chapter is like, you know, like. They're they're weird little vignettes that eventually. Yeah, it's like uh, Hachi's Walk on the Seafloor, Volume 39. The Catfish Village repays their debt, and it's like a picture, and you can just kind of imagine a story there. Uh, But they've actually taken those and, like, turned them into episodes in the show. Yeah. Where it's like, this is pretty much canon, but you can use that to fill in space. Yeah, all the all of those the those chapter starters on the manga technically if you keep looking at them, like that's the fucked up thing is that they form stories. Like that was I think the anime turned this into an episode, but that was initially where they explained what Buggy's doing after that initial yeah. arc. Yeah, no, that that was that's pretty funny. And that was extremely fucked up to realize, oh wait, they're telling a story with these. This is not just a Yeah. And then, Not oh, just hey, here's what Django is up to, and then he show, and then all of a sudden he shows up at the end of the Alabasta arc as a marine. Extremely fucked up. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, um, but yeah, One Piece uh, is great. Just despite that whole the whole Ace nonsense, after that, everything in the Alabasta arc in the anime is really good really good adaptation mm-hmm. so uh but funnily enough i was like okay well that's done now i can move on and read other manga and it's kind of like actually i kind of want to keep reading this because it's really fun to read it goes down smooth it really does and there's fun little like question corners and it's... oh yeah you can get some very strange canon out of the question corners yes Yes, there's some funny things in there. Like, uh, what the hell is her name? Uh, Miss Golden Week. It sounds like, oh, is she, so does she have devil for powers? I'm like, oh, well, no, according to this question corner. She just uses the power of suggestion. <laughs> We're learning so much. Yes, learning so much useless information. Farmer uh, said so there's a good blog about manga and anime called Land of... Obscusion that traces. Yeah, I've seen what he's talking okay. about. Okay. But yeah, it's it's actually it's it's quite good for looking up that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that's the end of Manga Corner. I recommend anyone that's into anime that's maybe never read manga or has reads comics and has never read manga to definitely find a series and pick it up. It's uh, lots of interesting stuff. Oh, hmm. the, I'm sorry, not to prolong this, but um, the the anime for Furin Beyond the End uh, came out in English nice. uh, this past week, and seems so far seems to be a really nice adaptation. So far, I've only, I've only read one volume of it, but it seemed like a nice, uh, a different type of thing compared to all the shonen I'm reading. Just kind of more <laughs> thoughtful thought-provoking type thing like in that whole one volume there's maybe one action sequence that was very mm. short it's more it's it's about like okay. yeah <laughs> it's more cerebral it's about like so it's about like a, a your typical fantasy party like a dwarf an elf <laughs> uh cleric and like your hero guy that defeat a demon lord and then it's about the elf character after all that who kind of wanders around for 50 years after their quest is complete and comes back and obviously the two human guys die and kind of like reflecting kind of dealing with regret and not knowing knowing them better stuff like that we'll see where it goes very interesting okay but back to games <laughs> Also, hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. Or not. Can't sleep. Clowns will eat me. <laughs> what? Can't sleep. Clowns will eat you. Oh, that does make sense. That's what hello, they do. Joe. Hello, hello Joe. <laughs> you met Grandma Flanders. <laughs> but what has Fanboy been playing? What have I been playing? Uh. I mean, I've been, like, it's been a lot at work, so I've not been, because I'm trying to make sure that I've got all of my ducks in a row before I leave for a few weeks. Yeah, uh, but, uh, let's see, uh, just fucking around with, uh, stuff, just, like, emulator shit recently, because I just needed stuff that I didn't have to think too much about, so I ended up playing a lot of Tony Hawk Underground 2, but that's not really... It's not really an RPG, by which I mean not at all an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, though. It's, it's a skateboarding it's... RPG. <laughs> it's not like the Game Boy Advance version, which inexplicably has equipment. That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> When are we going to get uh, a turn-based skateboarding RPG? I don't know how that would work, nor... It'd probably be terrible. I... Yeah, I, just, I genuinely don't think that that would help. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's relaxing. I've been floating around some other PS2 games, but yeah. Otherwise, just sort of... Like, games, games are filling what time I've got in the evenings when I'm not getting ducks in a row, so... Um, not not a ton there. I'll probably be playing a lot of Naita and uh, FF7 Remake on the train, so I'm excited for that. Yes, I am taking a train again! Sweet. It's like 24 hours. It'll be nice. I can sleep. <laughs> I like riding trains. Yeah. Sing, sing Selfie's train song. 
Uh, what have you been playing, Joe? How have you been he's, celebrating Spooktober? That does make sense. Uh, and I have not, because my copy is not coming yet. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, I got my copy on Monday, mm. and it was the mm. limited edition with the art book and soundtrack mm. and the nice little tea mug and uh, the seal book case and all that. So on Monday, I was trolling him relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that was fun. And then, uh, but What's then it? on Tuesday, he revealed he hadn't even gotten shipping confirmation yet. And then I like felt bad for him. It's like he doesn't have the joy of Disguise Seven in his life yet. So I <laughs> left him alone after that. <laughs> um, I mean, I've specifically been not finishing the demo for kind of that reason, so I can. Okay. So I can play that. It says it's going to show up tomorrow, but the last update was still in Texas, so we'll see. You're still in Texas, man. At least there was. I don't know why I say things. <laughs> I've never been to well, the he sent a, Texas. He sent me a gif of Homer waiting for something, and I was like, "Yeah, it'll probably go to you Springfield before it gets thing. to you." you and I was like, <laughs> "Yes, it waiting is the hardest part." Springfield, it's Massachusetts, probably, which is actually a yeah, big what, USPS regional. That's what I told you. I wasn't kidding. No. So, so I've been playing that, and oh, baby, I streamed it on Tuesday. So that that became episode one of Spooky Hollow Stream on Twitch. So I figure there's it's it's in another world, and there's demons, and yeah. it's fine. It's Halloweenish. It's fine. Yeah. I've liked what I've played so far in the demo. Is if you had the same feeling? Yeah. Um, so today I was able to clear chapter two, and. It's like, okay, this is this is fine. Like, I was complaining a little bit because there's no tower attacks, and I'm like, how am I supposed to, like, level grind the weaklings? You know, and I find I'm spending a lot of money. It's just they made the uh, healing costs expensive and stuff. So I find I'm spending more time level grinding and um, money farming. But I did unlock the cheat shop, you can get that just by passing a bill that costs 100 mana, but it took two tries. But because I had 65% support and everyone voted no. And then I tried again. Um, but I did find out when you're trying to pass a bill, um, the people who vote yes, now they will actually fight the ones who said no. And that can work in your favor. So, like. I had a bill that did not pass, but it was like 51% no. And one of the people who said yes was level 1000. And she just went over and just beat the crap out of all the ones who said no. And I didn't have to do anything, and it was awesome. Well, that's sweet. So, yeah, because normally you'd have to, like, throw the weaker people into the stronger people. But sometimes you would do the math, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's crazy high level. No person. I can never absorb them but no this was like it was pretty cool yeah a nekomato of level 1000 just insta killed like well it didn't insta kill but you know what i mean like she was able to one shot every person who said no so i just kind of sat there and didn't have to do anything um so i got the cheat shop which is, is misleading because it's like okay yeah you want to get yourself more xp but then you still have to reduce 
one of the other things, right? Um, and there's actually things in the cheat shop that make the game harder. You know, of course. And you can make, mm -hmm. you know, you can make enemies stronger, which gets you more XP, but you still have to legitimately knock them out. So, once I got the cheat shop, it was like, okay, that's good. And then I beat the chapter two boss, which is actually a tutorial for the new jumbo mechanic which is it's pretty much like gigantamax it's like one person gets really big and then can just has these crazy aoe attacks it's really neat actually um so i cleared chapter two and that's when you unlock the juice bar which is coming back from six nice so from there the feature yeah, i never used in six whatsoever well this time around it no, doesn't you might cost, <laughs> it doesn't cost money this time around uh -huh. and now you want to use it because you can't just do tower attacks to get your level ones up real quick. Now you well, uh, you just keep farming. Yeah, you never did that. No, no. I was gonna say that didn't matter in six because ev everyone yeah. got XP at the end of battle. <laughs> yeah, uh, I um, wish they had kept that, but nope. Yeah. So with this, it's like, yeah. So I was I was using able to use juice bar to level up some people and. Um, good news is when you go to recruit a new person, you can, like, they're, they're not level one, like, you can pay money to make them higher level to start with. <laughs> I think that's Which been in good. games before, but uh, they go, they drop it's and not a consistent bring back feature. features so often, it's hard to remember. Recombinated? Something before, yeah. So I'm on chapter three, and main character... Fuji is like level 16 or 17, and the female character is level 15. Prilika, Prijolika. Double digit numbers. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think they realized that the gimmick of just making everyone's numbers too high in 6 did not actually make anyone have fun. So annoying. No. No. So. It's cool so far. I didn't unlock Item World yet, and I don't know if there's reverse pirating, because that was dropped from 5 and probably 6 too. But I don't know. If, so I don't know if reverse pirating came back, but I can tell you so far there's no tower attacks, which I find kind of annoying, but... Um, I've never really used those, but... But, like, the, group it, attacks or chain attacks are a, a little different. Haven't tower attacks yeah. been a staple since the beginning? It seems a little since odd. Two. Since 2. Yeah. You have to unlock them in at least one or two of them. Uh, well, and then in three introduced magic change, and I haven't gotten that yet in the new one, and I don't know if it's in there. And then four had dual magic change and monster fusion, which are not in this one. Um, so I don't know. I gotta just keep playing, but it's like so far, the chapter one and chapter two boss fights were both kind of just tutorials for new mechanics. So maybe something will come up, but now you can unlock what's called Hell Mode, where at some point during the fight, your uh, Fuji can build up enough energy to go into Hell Mode, and then that gives him some extra attacks he can use. And but if you use it, like it only lasts for a couple turns, and then if you use his special Hell Attack, then it ends immediately. But you have kind of have to use that to kill a boss. And then uh, the other feature I talked about was the jumboify or something it's just weird um and then like chain attacks and group attacks now you don't have to be adjacent to allies but i think they 
I think that was in six, though, where yeah, as long as they were within a few squares away, yeah. then they would join in. But it does seem like whoever initiates the attack is the one who gets all the XP and mana. I'm not sure, though. Like, the XP distribution seems weird in this one sometimes. Yeah, that was my um, early impression from the demo, too. Like, I couldn't, couldn't figure yeah. out why some characters weren't leveling up. Yeah, so it's a little more grindy, and you, you are going to spend a little more time farming money and you spend a lot of money at the hospital in this one but it's still disgaea and then there's uh the quest shop is back too so you can do quests to get other things and um no there's a lot to like about it and and i have it on ps5 and it's like i don't know it just performs better than six did i would say and um hmm. it's really fun yeah I, I like the the comedy in the story seems pretty fun so far. Like she's trying to visit like a basically a Japanese style underworld. Yeah. Except they've all kind of moved on. <laughs> yeah, it's based on the Edo period or Edo period, but but yeah, but it's but they're like bankrupt and then and there's there's corrupt leadership. Yeah, and, and yeah. she meets Fuji. And, the noodle shops yeah. only have pasta. <laughs> yeah. Eat your pot. Shut up and eat your pasta. Yeah. Oh man. So oh, pizza pasta. The love punch out character right now. <laughs> she agrees to pay. Um, like she agrees to pay him like ten million hell if he becomes her like bodyguard and helps her. And but he then signs a contract without reading it, and the contract basically says. Oh, she'll pay you after you help her get the seven infernal weapons. It's like, oh, <laughs> sucks to be you. So, it, no, it, it is. It's very lighthearted and funny. And then there's this, uh, you fight like the first of the shogun leaders that you're supposed to confront. And he's like a total, he's a total dork. And he like tries to like hit on girls and then they just like beat him up. Blow him off as usual. Yeah. <laughs> But then he joins you, he begs to join you, and the girl is like, oh, he wants to redeem himself like a true shogun, yeah. Let's accept his forgiveness and let him redeem himself. It's like, oh, jeez, all right, fine. Now you have to love this guy. Can... <laughs> yeah. I guess he can join us, and at least he's level 10. Um, now, I didn't buy any but DLC, but there's a the printy factory. That sounds like a really morbid concept. <laughs> yeah, where pernies come from. If you throw one pernie at the other pernies, they all explode, man. <laughs> they don't even have to go to the fireworks factory. They just they explode. The Pernie factory is the fireworks factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm looking at the DLC though, and similar to other games, like you don't just get the character. You've got to play through an extra mini story chapter. Um, but they mixed everybody up, so it's not like one chapter is the Disgaea 1 characters. No, it's like, there's one that I definitely want to buy for 8 bucks, which is, you get Mao, Axel, and Desko from doing this scenario. Oh, it's Lord. like, oh, I want to do that one. Of course you do. Uh, yeah, so they, they mixed them all up, and but it's like 8 bucks for 3 characters. The only thing is... They, you might have to beat the game though. It might be post game because it's telling me that those characters would be level one hundred. So probably avoid having them on your first playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird so, that they we'll let you get them right away in some of the other games. 
Yeah, like in five. Especially the complete ones. Well, like in six, yeah. I, I got some of those characters and had them like through the whole game. They probably made it a good deal easier. Yeah, I would think so. Oh, Firemine has got a bunch of things we should probably address soon. Oh, yeah, so I've been gushing yeah. about Disguise 7. This is an RPG podcast, after all. And, yeah, so Disguise 7, I'm, I'm really liking it so far. And if you check reviews, it's like it seems to be scoring better than other games in the yeah, series. Yeah, this seems well. to be this seems to be a particularly well liked one. Yeah. So definitely check that out. And um so then just quickly beyond that, I was streaming the original Resident Evil Director's Cut on Wednesday for episode two of Hallow Stream. Play the and weird DS version. No, I'm playing the newest <laughs> PS five version. Of what? And Resident Evil Director's yeah. Cut. Okay. On the PS plus premium game. service, though. But, yeah, it's so... It has rewind and it has save states, and I haven't been relying on either yet, and I'm playing as Chris, and I'm doing very well, knock on wood. Um, I beat the snake boss. Playing but... the DS version instead. No. <laughs> That's a really weird it. version. That's actually quite good. Yeah. I thought about playing the Saturn version, but that's just awful. Why? It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's just the worst version. looking PS1 version. I know. That's why. The DS version, I think, is actually worth tracking down if you're a Resident Evil Super fan, because it has a variant of the mansion that no other version has. And it's got some very strange bonus features. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. I s sadly sold my copy. I regret yeah. That. It it was also the first version released right after Resident Evil 4, so it matched the knife to the L button for some reason. <laughs> you get it for free. It's very strange. Wow. But, yeah. Uh, I would hope that the emulation on the PS5 has picked up in the year and a half since uh, PS Plus Premium launched. Oh yeah, they announced, a, <laughs> announced another incentive to try to get people to feel like PS Plus Premium is worth it. What's that? Movies! Oh, they're bringing back movies? Specifically, like, you get a selection of movies with PS Plus Premium. I sent... Uh, I, I put, like, a list of them in in a group chat and one of the response one of the people looking at it says good lord it looks like a rental rack at a truck stop <laughs> yeah it's it's full of like movies where it's like yeah that's you definitely didn't have to pay anyone for that <laughs> yeah so and you is didn't that figure why you could sell so that it's not even like their big name their own big name movies i'm guessing oh unless you think universal soldier day of reckoning is that <laughs> <laughs> well maybe now we know why like the ps5 like dropped support for the uh movies you know yeah there's no um, reason for them to do that they just did <laughs> no so on ps3 and ps4 i bought a whole bunch of movies and tv shows over the years and yeah there's an <laughs> app that lets me watch the ones i already bought but then it's like oh no you can't buy any more and i'm like meanwhile xbox you can buy UHD movies on there still. Cool. But your PS Plus Premium subscription comes with Starship Troopers 3. <laughs> that's So that's why they dropped the... Uh, you love man. The Art of War 2 starring Wesley Snipes with the shit? <laughs> what? 
Oh okay, my well, god. Maybe I'll check some of those out at some point. I mean, but I'm just- <laughs> I mean, you've already got the service. You might as well watch the virginity hit. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> I, I'm locked in till January because last January I got plus premium for a year for 80 bucks on sale and thought that was a good deal. Mm. And thought it would be a good way to play Disgaea 3 and mm. Hot Shots Golf and a couple other oh, I can't things. imagine playing Hot Shots Golf with the lag. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, that, oh, wait, it's probably the original Hot Shots Golf. You can at least download that. Right, no, but I'm talking about Out of Bounds and... Oh, World yeah, the yeah, the lag that the PS Now would introduce to that sounds unpalatable. Mm, shouldn't have sold me this lovely PS3 with the printing sticker on it, sir. Yeah. Oh my god, Godzilla 1998! What? <laughs> That's the one with oh Brian Cranston? No, no, it's the one without Brian Cranston. Oh no! Is that the one with Green Day in the soundtrack, or was that it, after it that It probably one? is. 1998 is the one that came out that had like the Taco Bell tie-in, and Matthew the resentful... Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. And I mostly remember it for like the director being really pissed off at the at Siskel and Ebert and having Godzilla kill them. Wow. Oh, good. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. No. Uh, oh God. I never Android. saw that one actually. It's not very good. I saw it for my birthday that year. Let me tell you a, about the time birthday. <laughs> I saw that because that was a day at the movies that sucked ass. So we saw that movie. Which, you know, at the time in my Final Fantasy adult brain, I was like, did I like Surely that movie? Surely this will be great. Sure, I liked that movie, I think, maybe. And then we were going to go see another movie after that. So we went to see... Then you saw an actual movie. No, <laughs> then we went to see AI. Oh, God. That was, a, that was a day at the movies. Yeah. yeah. That was wow. a waste of a day. Oh, thank God. I finally found, like, an actual movie on this. Uh, they've got the fifth element on this. That's something oh, that you that's can a watch. Good movie. That's, not... that's a really good movie. Yeah, like, that's an actual I've film. I've never seen it. Wow. It's good. You should watch that. Fifth... Oh, dude, dude, watch that movie. Yeah. It's a good. It's, it's, it's got everything. It's got action. It's funny. It's got an actual good storyline. It's, it's really good. Okay, yeah, then there, there's, like, this last page has, like, the the most things that I could see a human being wanting to watch, because it has Fifth Element, it has Labyrinth, and it has Drunken Master, so there's, like, at least three good movies on this. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, out of a selection of... Yeah, just, just a baffling, like, the, the way I would describe it is that it is not the worst, like, it, it's it's mostly a bad selection. It's not the worst selection, but it does feel like a selection where they mostly wanted to make it look like they were adding value by having a bunch of things on there, but didn't want to put anything they thought that they could sell to non-nerds uh, by itself. Multipass. <laughs> Pew. Multipass. Oh, multipass. Um, so should we can okay we should get let's to... look at the let's look at the questions well the question yeah. i want to answer will fraser work in this day and age my answer yes um i did watch the trailer and sure it, it won't have it, it the trailer does not show niles or Roz or uh daphne and it's like huh, or anyone okay. but fraser but i know and and martin the guy who played Martin, I think he passed away years ago. Yeah, yeah, um, he did. 
And Eddie the dog likely won't be in it. But There's no, I, I think it. It's, I it's think not it'll... locked in time the way some sitcoms are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I see it working because um, I think a lot more people are going to therapy now, and there's a lot more reasons to go to therapy, and I think we need a old familiar psychiatrist to uh, watch hmm. on TV. I, I don't know. I think it'll work. I think it could be very good. We'll see. Oh, fuck. And... Uh... <sighs> Then something about Disgaea. How did um, Disgaea make otherwise somewhat despicable characters likable? Well, because they're not really despicable. They're, one, they're not really despicable, but two, they're also the butt of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and three, Laharl and Etna are not likable. <laughs> yeah, they're just. But like the thing is that the easiest way for someone to who otherwise sucks to be like acceptable as a fictional character is if they make you laugh yeah yeah which is why so many like but the other thing is that like if a character is too sympathetic one of the easiest jokes of something terrible just happened to them goes away so it becomes useful for them to kind of suck yeah, they can't get is Laharl's okay. an annoying asshole but people are trying to assassinate him so it's like oh okay he might die that's funny yeah i don't know <laughs> but yeah but yeah, it's, that it's, game he can die if you so like. <laughs> oh yeah, you can absolutely. I mean, the first the first game absolutely like the base the, the quote unquote normal ending. He is dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like no one really thinks about it because like getting the quote unquote true ending isn't exactly hard. You just can't kill any of your allies. But uh, yeah, him him dying at the end of this guy one <laughs> is absolutely a thing that can happen. <laughs> Wow, uh, and there's Etna mode. Yeah, and it's in, uh, it's in the is that in the PSV version? Yeah, it's in the PSV. Yeah, that was introduced in Afternoon Darkness. Yeah, and I assume it's in the, uh, the complete they, the com what, uh, yeah whatever they called the newer version. They just called it complete. <laughs> but yeah, I assume it is. I've never looked. Uh, the PSP version was kind of the ideal version for me because it's back when Hour of Darkness was expensive, and uh, it had all the content from that plus new content. So hooray! Hooray! Uh, Pew says the of times I quote that robot bartender. You want some more? Yes, I need to. W I haven't watched a movie in a long time. I need to watch Fifth Element. Okay. Yeah, I had I had a hacked PSP system for like emulation and stuff, and. I bought a physical copy of Disgaea 2 Dark Hero Days, I think. Or, or mm -hmm. whatever it was on that system. Yeah, Dark Hero Days. And then, for some reason, as part of the hack, some of the physical games I bought were not playable anymore. So I had oh, to unhack the system to play it. Really? <laughs> but, but, yeah. Oh, did you it, do... It, I, you, some, didn't, you did like a... Uh, what do they call it? A soft hack? or Not a soft hack. I didn't do it. The opposite of soft I didn't hack. do it myself. Okay. Someone else did it. Um, it was a, a co-worker had bought a PSP for himself, hacked it himself, and then I needed sold gas. Sold it he off needed, to you. Yeah. yeah, he needed gas money or something, and so he <laughs> sold it to me. Wow. Jeez. He needed something. I don't know. Maybe. But he um, he sold it to me, so it was pre-hacked, but it was something with, to do with the battery or something. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, when they were doing the Pandora battery shit. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't happen anymore because the current has their 
soft hacks. Oh, yeah. We have long since moved on to soft hacks. Yeah. Basically, right. you start up a program uh, on your memory card and it switches it to hack mode, but it resets to the normal firmware whenever you uh, right. turn the system off. So, so anyways, and, and I had e even running, had even when you're in the soft hack mode, physical games will still work. It's great. Yeah, so I had... I remember I had to unhack it to play some of the games I bought, but that was a version of Disgaea 2 I started with, and man, like, I tried to play the PS2 version after that, and it was like, oh, this sucks. And the Steam, the Steam version is based on the PSP version as well, and has all the DLC mm -hmm. included. So yeah, they're, they're generally good at making for unknown reasons. <laughs> That's bad. Wow. Yeah, they're generally good at uh, they're generally good at making sure that they don't lose content between versions, which is why I'm fairly confident that this guy at one complete probably has that in the mode in it. Yeah, I assume. Yeah, it's better graphics, but that's about it. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I did not like Disgaea 1 because I started with 3 and and then when I tried to play 1 and 2 on PSP, it was like these are fine but they're not as good as 3. Yeah. Where's the Disgaea Infinite fandom? Oh. There's that a that's a gotcha game. I never even No, no it is not. No, you're thinking of something else. Yeah, that's the Disgaea Mobile RPG. Disgaea Infinite was a like adventure slash visual novel game for the PSP. Oh yeah, I no, I no. I, <laughs> I, I don't play it. visual I novels. Not it yet. <laughs> I do not play visual novels. Okay, uh, I want to hit one of these questions. Uh, it's going to be a comedy, yes. Yes, it's an yes. extremely good comedy. <laughs> and now that the writer's strike is over, we might Maybe finally we'll get, get movie. the movie. Six well, seasons of movie. movie. <laughs> yes, but, well, we still need, uh, we do need actors for said movie. Yeah, we need sag after to get finished, because that's what oh. Dan Harmon is currently concerned about, is like, will the... Will the Will they be able to make time in their schedules for the community movie once, uh, you know, since the longer the SAG after strike goes on, the more that, like, potentially their uh, schedules will fall out of alignment. And he's obviously not saying this in a sense of, like, oh, they should resolve it quickly so that we can get to this movie, but it's just, like, I hope that it resolves in a way that allows us to still do the community movie. But, yeah. Uh, here, here's to hoping I still fucking love community. Also, some. <laughs> It, that that is a show that uh, was remarkably good at rolling with the punches of well we just lost another cast member. <laughs> just and got cancelled again and uncancelled again. One of the one of the single funniest lines in the entire series somehow finding its way into the last season by having God let me double check this because uh, it is. And remember how they somehow tricked Yahoo into paying for a season of that? Yes. How did that happen? I don't know. Uh, Maybe some God. executive at Yahoo was a fan and had the ability to throw around I, some money. I guess. You would think they would have run out of money. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, fucking just Keith David shouting, Now this is a man who knows how to marry his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Just the saddest possible thing to happen to for, to the tragic life of Garrett. <laughs> oh God, David. Uh, what about Fat Neil? 
<laughs> Real Neo with pipes of steel. <laughs> Can't wait. Until... I didn't. <laughs> I'm. I'm spending my turn feeling sorry for Pierce. I am also spending my turn feeling sorry for Pierce. Now I'm just remembering, like, the fucking lie detector episode where, like, Chang wanders in uh, after, after having been left the polygraph after being asked if he had masturbated in the study room. Comes back into the study room, like, ten minutes later to shout, I didn't just masturbate in the study room, I masturbated everywhere. <laughs> Oh god. Your chain. Have you met me? I have seen your chain and I'm so ill. This is a warning, I can't be killed. All in your cabeza without a chaser. Not another teacher with this much flavor. Put your hands up for Espanol. Oh, sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> This is a lesson to you all, that I will never die. <laughs> oh, I love Community. Such a good show. Yep. Well, the question, is Sony really that scared of Game Pass? I don't believe they are, but I kind of think they sh I, I wish they were. I think, I, I think they're concerned about it, but more in the sense of, like... It draws market share rather than how sustainable it is. Because, like, the, the question with Game Pass is always, like, how sustainable is it to fund things this way? How how possible is it for this to continue long-term? But for, for Sony, they have more of a short-term concern of can, like, will it affect their market share before, like, what I would assume their bet is that it proves to be long-term unsustainable and eventually gets scaled back or goes away in some fashion. Okay. But, hmm. yeah, in, in terms of their uh, in terms of their understanding of uh, the consumer, like, I, th I think the answer is that, like, one of the, uh, like, the, the other thing we run into at this point is that uh, after the the Wii and DS, one of the big things was, and like mobile games was one of the big things was like increasing the size of the addressable market, uh, because like you could wrap, you could have huge increases on your, uh, you know, your your profit by just like increasing the amount of people you could sell to, and I think what we're really pushing into is. We kind of, like, the, the major players have kind of addressed as much addressable market as they see as profitable. Uh, there's there's definitely addressable markets that haven't yet been saturated. Uh, China would be a big one, that like, but there's a lot of sort of uh, homegrown stuff there that, you know, limits the amount that they'll be able to breach that market. Uh, but you look at something like... Uh, so, so what, what we're seeing is that the already saturated markets, like the U.S., like Europe, like Japan, what they're doing is increase the to keep bumping the numbers up. You increase the squeeze that you put on the the hardcore consumer. So, you know, 
the services that are attached to these consoles, they go up in price. The games themselves, the peripherals, everything that an active consumer is using with the system, that goes up in price to continue increasing the number. Um, let's see. Uh, people here already talk about cinema going through another 70s after the blockbusters of the 60s bombs. You started seeing smaller and more experimental movies by future auteurs. Uh, I personally welcome a return to the PS1 days. You and me both, buddy. You can talk about how expanding into China and India is not exactly as profitable as Netflix and Disney Plus had wanted. It's the economic reality and purchasing power. Yeah, like, that's the, that's the issue is that, like, there's a huge number of people there, but the like purchasing power is lower and there's a lot of things that uh there, there's a lot of pressures to keep that purchasing power lower uh because that's where a lot of uh countries outsource labor to so you keep the labor market cheap because those countries uh, and corporations within them exert soft power to make sure that those numbers stay down then that prevents them from being as profitable to expand into so uh, a lot of ugliness there, but yeah. Uh, in general, uh, to to go back to the the game thing, uh, just because uh, other the the further discussion of that question is depressing. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love a return to PS one or PS two thing two era where you use this this modern technology uh, that allows people to make bigger small games mm -hmm. to make more ambitious small games. Uh, I, I would love to see that return because, like, there is use in that PS1 era sense of like, because because kind of one of the issues we we run into is that like, uh, tr the the quote unquote the true indie game uh, is usually a pretty small team, like like really small. Uh, you know, you, you've run into like might be one person or you know less than ten. But like in the PS1 era, you would usually have a team of like at least 20 people, and that's a manageable number of humans that can pool together to make something larger, but not catastrophically large. Uh, and so I think that getting to getting small teams to that size, maybe a little larger, more more generalized rather than a thousand specialists working on one gigantic triple a game i think that that would be very healthy for the industry produce a lot of very interesting games that are perhaps out of scope for an individual to put together in any sort of practical time frame because you know the need to be omnidisciplinary in that context but uh which you know you could make something that was you know greater than what you could have made before because the technology just allows you a lot more freedom to not have to think about uh, the hell that is, uh, for example, some of the weird quirks of old hardware. Uh, and the FF7 remake was never going to be something small because it was always going to be AAA because FF7 was, in its day, extremely AAA and had a gigantic team and took over three years at a time when that was an insane amount. <laughs> Should we talk about FF7 Rebirth open world? I mean, I think one of the things to be said for the FF7 remake project is that it's making use of the fact that so much of the game is mapped out that they can... But that it was mapped out in an era when it was 
so differently expressed that even when you're just doing the same thing again, there's an extreme novelty to it just because of the complete difference of presentation. I am extremely excited to see like the Midgar Zolan in FF7 Rebirth, the big old snake that you had to ride a chocobo around, because what does that even look like mm. in a modern context? But yeah, like FF7 was never, an FF7 remake was never going to be anything other than a gigantic endeavor because FF7 was always a gigantic endeavor. There's a reason that there were a dozen pitches for it that got thrown out uh, and eventually turned into other things like Xenogears, like FF13, like, you know. Uh, according to lore, uh, seven, the, like, pitches for seven became things like Parasite Eve, and FF8, and FF10, and FF13, and FF15. Uh, just a ton of stuff. I just want the gold saucer. Well, at least we know that's in there. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to when we start seeing like some of the really weird and fucked up shit yeah. in uh, Glorious HD, like the bit where like what is what is the f fight between Barrett and Dine even going to look like? <laughs> because that's an extremely fucked up scene, <laughs> uh, and that ends in an extremely fucked up fashion. <laughs> um, I don't remember how that ends. Uh, it ends with him jumping off a cliff. Oh. Like, the, the scene ends with, like, he, like, Barrett's like, you should, you know, you can come back from what you've been. Like, Marlene is still around. I've been taking care of her. Dine says, like, basically, uh, you know, I've, I've killed so many people. I cannot come back from this. And then he jumps off a cliff. Ugh. Yeah, it's extremely dark. Uh, best about IP, Square Enix doesn't care enough for a big budget remake. F9 is going to be a disappointment to its fans, is it? Uh, I mean, I think that FF9 fans kind of like that it's it's not a small game by any means, but it's a more I'm trying to think of the right word, like an intimate game, like a like it's a less it's definitely grandiose in its way. But I think you can get away with, because of its tone, you can get away with something that isn't to the scale of FF7 Remake. You'll definitely yeah. see people that wanted that, but I don't think it'll be as much of a problem for the FF9 fandom. I don't want that. I'm fine with just pretty FF9. Yeah. Um, re really, the thing I want out of an FF9 update is I want it to not be the slowest video game. Like, just yes, if you can just... I would like it to load into battle instantly. That would be nice. Yeah, that's that's like that is the biggest flaw of FF9, and like the the mobile port that got ported to like Switch and everything else is better, except that its interface sucks. So like, don't give me a mobile interface. I don't want an interface that's designed for fingers, and uh, give me like loading screens that like it should not take 20 seconds to load into battle and you basically got everything i want out of an update to ff9 <laughs> but i think the the bigger thing is that like to to bring in that fandom like they're very in love with its aesthetic so you just need to if you can the real question of how that's going to work is how well does it realize ff9's aesthetic uh it doesn't have to do so in a way that's as 
sweeping as FF7 Remake, which uh, by virtue of its changed mechanics and world navigation necessitated the creation of a great deal more art. Uh, you could still essentially maintain the perspective. Heck, you could probably maintain the pre-rendered backgrounds and honestly sell that as a throwback. F9 was always a throwback. Whether Square of today would ever do that is another question, but I do think that you could. You could. You could, and you would not piss off the people that you were theoretically trying to appeal to. Uh, still angry about Front Mission Remake, sorry. Uh, I mean, I, I would imagine that it's just that it's kind of a low-budget 3 thing. Um, I'm, I'm mostly just excited that we're finally getting a version of a Front Mission 2 that you can play without having like a pdf at your side because the fan translation couldn't actually fit the entire script in <laughs> like that's that's out soon hooray uh let's see the aesthetics of ff7 remake is always been laid down brick by brick by advent children in crisis core years ago yes and no uh, like the the aesthetic concepts behind it are pretty faithful to the original, uh, but like the actual act of raw asset creation uh, increases exponentially when you're dealing with fully 3D camera, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like that's what I mean by like the amount of art having to be produced. Um, I want to hit some of the questions Fireminer had in the. RP Gamer podcast. Okay. Hello? Yeah? Did we lose Dave? I'm here. Is he here? Uh, oh! His Discord crashed! Oh no! Oh no! Be back in a moment. Let me fill this oh. dead air then. Uh, oh, well, can I see. quickly mention... Now! I tried TM yeah, yes, what? now you can mention. <laughs> I tried um, Ninja Turtles um, Splintered Fate, which is still Apple Arcade exclusive, but it's like Hades with turtles. It's actually pretty neat. That sounds awesome, except it's on mobile. You get a you gotta pay five bucks a month to play it on Apple Arcade, yeah. and if, unless it somehow gets ported at some point, I think it would be perfect on Switch. But um, it, it'll they did get ported a pretty eventually. every all the exclusives on there do. So you know, they did a pretty Discord good job crashing slow, so slowly oh. and so terribly that I almost had to go into Task Manager and kill it. Oh God! <laughs> but Jeez. yeah, moving on. So Ninja Turtle Splintered Fate is a roguelike similar to Hades what? and I like it and even though it's exclusive to Apple Arcade it does have full controller support so I could sync up my DualSense and I think that might be required I, for Apple Arcade actually well just saying like the I think the I think that uh, controller support might be a requirement to be in Apple Arcade oh okay well I'm glad it's there because I, I was able to yeah. actually output it to my TV and play with my DualSense controller. Yeah. And I might pick it up it's when neat. it's free in a year. When I say free, yeah. I mean free from Apple Arcade. <laughs> yeah, so it's 
it's neat because each turtle has a slightly different play style and, and each has their own abilities. But then, you know, you get an upgrade after each room, you know, and so you may actually get new abilities that replace a current ability, at least for that run and stuff. So there's some, uh, there's neat stuff. And then there's permanent upgrades between runs, like bonus health, bonus damage, stuff like that. <laughs> Anyways, so we were just trying to fill in a little bit before you came back and fire miner says no news on hades 2 lately yeah no I, I there hasn't been much news it's since isn't there supposed out. to be an early isn't it supposed to start early access early next year yeah oh maybe so, yeah, but yeah, yeah they might be holding it close to the vest until then yeah it's fine uh i wanted to hit some of the questions that fire miner's been patiently waiting since uh a week or so ago to Oh, okay. address in the podcast section so i'm gonna pull up some of these hope you don't mind <laughs> yeah, uh, never the topic of revengeance ninja gaiden 3 or god of war comes up you always mention that these games tried to examine violence without giving the player the choice to refuse violence is there any action game that just straight up did that that you could choose not to kill anyone and still have the story go on unlike deus ex, ex which screws you if you choose the pacifist run would anyone buy an action game like that would it just be a stealth game or RPG? Uh, it's it's one of those things like, I mean, it's more a case of bringing it up because it is an inappropriate venue to attempt it. Uh, if you're if you're attempting to like, or I should say, if your examination of violence uh, essentially is arguing that the player shouldn't indulge in it in a game where you that you made where the only thing to do is to indulge in violence you've made an incoherent piece of art <laughs> uh, but remember how metal gear solid would give you either the bandana or the stealth suit depending on how you played the game i thought that was a neat yeah idea. No, that was, you can that go was either, there's a reward for submission of approach. torture but yeah <laughs> Right, but yeah, oh, that, like, that, like the right, notion... yeah, you, you had to save Marl or something, or Marl. let her die, or no? Yeah, you okay. could if you could if you submitted to torture, you would end the game with uh, uh, on the snowmobile with Otacon, and he would give you the stealth camo. If you did not submit to torture, you would win the you would finish the game with uh, Meryl, and she would give you the bandana. Okay, but. Yeah, it's one of those things like uh, you can examine violence uh, in in many ways. Uh, in and you, to some extent, to examine it, you kind of have to at least be willing to portray it sometimes. Uh, but like something like uh, you know, a, a bad examination of violence that basically says you shouldn't be participating in this like violent escapism doesn't work when you made something where you can only interact with via violence <laughs> it's uh like you you have you forfeit the moral high ground in this discussion <laughs> that is this piece of art um but i, I think that there's uh like when I, when i bring up something like I, I i know i'm usually the one who's doing this uh when i bring up something like god of war uh yeah, I would. I would honestly argue that the problem with that one is that uh, 
it's it's just hard to fully grapple with the degree to which Kratos is kind of completely unforgivable for everything that he does over the first few games. And that, like, the attempt to make him traditionally sympathetic in the recent games uh, just doesn't... just feels hollow in that context. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he feels kind of bad, but he kind of blew up the Earth because he was pissed off. <laughs> That's not, that's not something you can really just say, oh, but he's sad about it now. It's like, who gives a shit? Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I think that there there is room for uh, broadening the context of action beyond, like, pure violence. Uh, I think that you can do good action games that invoke something like, say, uh, you know, traversal and, like, you know, you run into action games that are, like, from the platformer school that's, like, that. that's definitely not a character action game. You can't really do a character action game that, like, a recognizable one that doesn't have some fighting. But, I mean, you look at something like the Prince of Persia games or Mirror's Edge, that sort of thing. Or you know, just generally like these these traversal parkoury platformers that have like a, a complex set of interacting actions. Those are those are action games as much as anything, and they don't have uh, strong ties to you know, like they they're not built around violence against a, an opponent. Even though that is definitely something you do in those. Uh, when do they start calling it character action games instead of hack and slash? Anyway, right around the time that they decided that beat 'em ups were bad. <laughs> There's like a straight line from the the beat 'em ups of the '90s to uh, Devil May Cry coining the term stylish hard action. That's the other reason is that people considered Devil May Cry different enough that they were willing to accept that it needed a new genre designation, but the genre designation that Capcom gave them was stylish hard action. Mm. And that was a weird phrase. So it got yeah. pared down to stylish action, okay. which uh, did actually survive for a while. Uh, but there were enough games that were clearly like similar to it, but that didn't have... Uh, that weren't built around playing with your food the way the Devil May Cry is. Uh, and those, uh, I don't know where the term character action itself actually comes from. It just seemed to have popped out of the ether. But, I mean, genre designations are fuzzy as they are. But, yeah. Uh, I, I still would maintain that there's a straight line from beat em ups in, and final fight to the current crop of your, your bayonetas. But,. Uh, say, I thought um, to me Mirror's Edge was a big deal when it came out because it was a first person non-shooter and yeah. yeah yeah, there are parts of the game where there is some combat and but the thing is you can actually beat up a guy and pick up his gun and shoot people with it but then if you actually want to do the parkour again she's just going to automatically drop it you know to get to the next part of the game mm -hmm. which was interesting um yeah, I really liked the concept behind Mirror's Edge, and playing Mirror's Edge well is still really fun. Yeah. 
but and then I was gonna say something else. Hold on, let me think for a second here. Um, nope, not coming to me. All right, let's move on. Yeah. All, all I would say in addition to that is that uh, you can make action games about things that are not committing violence against an opponent. You just have to come up with like you have to decide on a system that is going to take its place in terms of like having the amount of technique and complexity and traversal is one of the most obvious choices for that there's a lot of different ways to get from point a to point b and a lot of different movesets you can give your character to build it around that yeah like i'm not a fan of like those um first-person puzzle games like i played mist once and it was like <laughs> it just, i'm like I, Did it leave what is pissed this? yeah P pissed starring john goodman yes from no. parody interactive what, what are you it's, talking a about? it's a real thing yeah wow. it was made by the same developers as microshaft wind blows okay <laughs> sure uh it's real bad um but yeah <laughs> you pissed can't possibly be too young to have missed out on this random generation of terrible parody games my, my favorite thing about pissed is the absolutely baffling song sung by john goodman oh about being angry just called i'm pissed <laughs> i'm pissed okay. just said that like five times um yeah so i'm not a fan of those um first person, first person. puzzle only games mm. you know like i like to have i like resident evil 7 and 8 because there's some exploration and puzzle solving and stuff in between the scary combat encounters. Um, <laughs> and there's plenty of instances where you can just run right past the enemy and not fight them because you want to conserve ammo or you don't want to die. Um, and then, but, but see, I said before that I always wanted to see a mod or something of gone home where the whole, that giant house is filled with like zombies and you just shoot them. I don't know. I thought that'd be funny. <laughs> As much as I like the atmosphere and story of that game, there's times where, like, man, I'd love to see some zombies in this house. That's all. Uh, yeah, so Talos Principle, I, I didn't play much of, and that was another instance of, like, yeah, just... Oh, all, all I do is solve puzzles, huh? Okay. Hit another one of these. Should the narrative of any future Splinter Cell or MGS be constructed in a way that reflects how many people you kill during the game? I mean, Metal Gear Solid is, if anything, already obsessed with that topic. Uh, but Splinter Cell, I mean, I clocked out of the narrative of those by three missions, and they're very boring. Um, good gameplay, but like, I just I have absolutely no interest uh, okay. in the in the narrative of them. Uh, or is it too much work? Should these games be more like Alpha Protocol? Uh, yes, but for unrelated reasons. I just want more games to be like Alpha yes. Protocol. That game owns. There should be much more Alpha Protocol. <laughs> God, I wish Alpha Protocol 2 could be a real thing. Uh, why didn't any of, you, any of you play or buy that? Why? Why? I bought it. I bought it too. <laughs> so good. Uh, that, that would have been like... Because there's, not, there's nothing in that space. There's, there's no RPG that occupies that space. Yeah, well, I was also going to say, like, I don't know why Cyberpunk was repeatedly compared to GTA V. It's yeah. like, well, no, Cyberpunk that is... That's a nonsensical comparison. <laughs> and, like, 
It's Deus Ex. Yeah, like, I would describe that's... it as open world Deus Ex. That was how I described it the second I started playing it. Yeah. And, and I liked just doing a, a hacking build, you know, and just using all those mm. awesome hacking spell type things. Uh, I yeah, I need to try good. the 2.0 update. It's, I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, I, I talked about it a while back, how I wanted to try it with a new character and see how it's different and, and then not buy the expansion yet. But we'll, we'll see what I mm. end up doing at some point. Mm. I like how the trailer yeah. for the new expansion has Idris Elba saying the game is fixed. <laughs> Idris Elba is always Idris Elba is always a good use of your time and money. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I got him to play Knuckles and it fucking worked. What makes you think I need your power? <laughs> I mean, I can't believe they're going to get him to play Knuckles in a TV show. Yeah, seriously, what? <laughs> cool. But, Knuckles yeah. rules. <laughs> Is Metal Gear Solid an example of art that is have your cake and eat it, aka Verhoeven's Robocop, Total Recall, and Showgirls a story about a super soldier and glow spanning supervillains, the best way to show the evils of war in the military industrial complex. It's not necessarily the best, but it's also not an impossible one either, as evidenced by, well, Metal Gear Solid ha wearing its heart on its sleeve at all times. Uh, I, I think that, like, it doesn't have to be the best. It can be an acceptable vehicle, and I think that Metal Gear makes... Like, the thing about Metal Gear and most Kojima games is that they're always nakedly tributes to the things he loves the most in this world. And I think that that's true of a lot of creators who are interesting. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Verhoeven, who is always a fascinating, like, creator, whether succeeding or failing. But, you know... Uh, you know, did I you, also did you like Death Stranding? I did. I played a little bit of it, and I liked what I played. And for whatever reason, it's just one of those many, many games I just have. It's in the backlog, and I keep saying I'm going to play it. Like I've got a whole bunch of. I had to set it aside at the time because, like, it was too close to home. But yeah, <laughs> I, I really liked what I played. Um... Yeah, because on... So on PS5, it's like I got the upgrades to a bunch of PS4 games, and it's like, and I haven't really touched them. So, yeah, for whatever reason, Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima and a handful of other games that came out around that time, I want to say, it's like I just didn't get around to actually playing them that much. I don't know why. They're, they're good. Just... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to, to con conclude the thought, I think that uh, I think it's underrated to have people just sort of wear their heart on their sleeves. You know what Kojima's about. You know what he's going to make. He does that. Yeah. And, like, there are definitely things to be critiqued about that. But at the same time, you you can't pretend you didn't know what he was going to do. He's he's very overt with that. And, like, I, like I, I always come back to this because he's one of my favorites, but, like, Suda51, another guy who's, like, his games wear their heart on their sleeves. He has like very specific things that he loves to go back to and i think that that you know that context of the creator helps when you're uh, helps you to be sure of the things that they're attempting to say it gives you a better it gives you a lens by which to better interpret what do they mean and like yeah. kojima's like kojima might love fucking common writer and like entirely inappropriate uh moments of like weird horny fan service all sorts of like 
you can, no, that's that's suda, that's uh, suda, but never mind. Uh, but to 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 put it uh, more directly, though, like you know, they they might have things about their style that you don't love, but at the same time, like they're overt, and they. I think that <laughs> I think I've said this before. Subtlety's overrated, um, and I think the you know, it's it's okay to make something that has stuff that is just there because you enjoy it, especially in a game that's going to run for 20 hours. Mm. Trying to maintain a single tone for 20 solid hours is, I would argue, not even really desirable. No. Uh, so it's useful to have those, like, you get the things that are nonsense, that don't make that, like, in a traditional you know, two-hour movie narrative would feel extremely inappropriate because you can maintain, like, a consistent tone for two hours and it doesn't seem ridiculous. But trying to maintain a single tone for dozens of hours is inherently ridiculous. It honestly would hurt the, the narrative cohesion to try to be that cohesive. Uh... So I, I think that having your cake and eating it is just part of making sure that, like, the player has a natural break from, you know, for potentially dozens of hours of didactically telling you, you know, nukes are terrible, and the military-industrial complex is terrible. You you need breaks from that. Uh, Four, but The Last of Us Part Two was way too long. That was like a thirty-hour. Existential I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I cannot I imagine two that spoilers for that video game, and that was too much. Yeah, it's like a. So you talk about maintaining the same tone. It's like, oh yeah, no, that game has the same tone for thirty hours straight. This idea of vengeance and this broken world and this broken person trying vengeance to vengeance is bad. Great. I imagine yeah. playing the night on Batman. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> couple, couple questions that just found their way into the chat. Does anyone remember Idris Elba's terrible rap in Hobbs and Shaw? I did not see Hobbs and Shaw, so uh, I cannot say that I remember that. I miss when movies had really dumb raps in them, uh, which is why I'm a huge fan of the ending of Venom, where <laughs> Eminem just says Venom like 50 times. Uh, there, there is there is a point like there is a Pavlovian response me and a friend have any time we hear the word venom where one or both of us will just immediately go venom. He just bites the hell out of the consonants. Nice. Uh, Will venom. Smith used to be the king of movie rap. Damn straight. <laughs> uh, bring, bring, go black. listen to the Wild Wild West credits rap again. Beautiful. Here come the men in black. Oh hell yeah. Bounce it with me, just bounce it with me, just bounce it with me. Now freeze. Uh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, is immersion always equal to an overload of information, or is that just my problem? To be more exact, I don't know when I pick up picked up the habit of going to YouTube to see how many Easter eggs I missed when watching a TV show. I was just doing it to that new The Boys spinoff, and I questioned myself if I even had fun watching the show in the first place. I knew that I could enjoy it without thinking too much about the details. Not sure if I fully grasp the question. I do think that, like, it's normal. It's normal to miss things uh, while watching something or playing something. That's just like, uh, that's just uh, 
that's just normal. I wouldn't consider that something to be terribly concerned about. Uh, even even things that seem obvious, like your brain is taking in tons of information and trying to correlate it. That's it, you're going to miss some stuff. That's why people enjoy re rewatching or replaying or rereading. They they catch things that like you might have forgotten entire scenes because it's just like yeah, I, there there was so much going on that that part just slipped out of my head. Uh, that's just that's just normal. You can trace mm -hmm. the downfall of Men in Black on how much effort Smith put in the rap. Um, <laughs> I think that has a lot more. Maybe people don't remember this since we've had many, many good sequels to movies. Sequels to movies used to always suck ass. Yeah, especially comedies. Comedies yeah. are still really hit and miss for sequels. Uh, yeah. Did we really need Dumb and Dumber? Er, I didn't even. We super did it. not need Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah, I was gonna say that was not even the first sequel to that movie. Oh no! <laughs> Dumb and Dumber was actually, I think, the first sequel. But that one was really bad. But it was technically a prequel. And then they did Dumb and Dumber Two, which actually got the original actors back, but was also very bad. Uh. No, we're not talking about Ted 2 again. Thank no, God, because I have nothing no. to say about it. Uh, you just uh, Ted, either Ted, so I have yeah, I've, I've, I've avoided. It. Ted one is fine. Ted two was forgettable and gross. Okay, and you just add so many references and details into a film to make people really feel like their consumption of previous product products is worth it. Is it desirable? I mean, to to an extent, Easter eggs tend to be designed to exist to reward prior existing audience members without completely turning off people who don't know what they are because a well-planted one it's just something you notice rather than something you need to care about uh we have definitely seen the ear we have definitely gotten into the era of multimedia where uh people are trying to use this as essentially advertising and hook to maintain uh, interest and to have people talking about like all the references to shit you don't care about uh, as a form of advertising. Uh, which is why I've had people uh, talking about how excited they are about fucking Adam Warlock since Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Most broken people. Um... I was going to say, I've been watching season 2 of the Wheel of Time series no and it's like... Adam Warlock. He is the nobody likes Millhouse of Marvel Comics. So. Nobody <laughs> likes Millhouse. No, but so with, with the Wheel of Time series, it's like, like first off, the books started being written in the '80s, and we, at this point, we know that there were 14 books, and the last three were written by a different author because Robert Jordan died, and 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 it was a whole thing. But basically, there was talk of a possible TV show or movie or whatever for a long time, and we finally There was even, like, something. a pilot for one that sucked ass that was done just yeah. to retain the rights. <laughs> so, basically, I'm watching this show, and with each new episode, they change more stuff in ways where I'm like, what? <laughs> and, but I look at it like this, like, first off, this is it. This is the Wheel of Time show. This is what we're, this is what they gave us. Like, I'm gonna watch it. I may not like every episode. I may not like all the things that they've changed. But you're still but it's too like, invested to not see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not gonna not watch it. Um, but the nature of the series, though, is there's a lot of stuff in the series about alternate realities, parallel mm. universes. Like 
the whole point to the wheel is that there's seven spokes and seven ages and it keeps turning so my perspective is well gee if you look at it like gee this is just a different instance of the third age not the one that was depicted in the books then it's like okay yeah if i if i look at it's it from a that healthy way to interact with it <laughs> exactly it's like yeah. okay so yeah this this thing can be you know, in it the can books, be related, get... but it can be its own thing. Well, also, that's we get... like an impossible property to accurately <laughs> translate to a TV show. That's yeah. That's fourteen <laughs> books. They're all like a thousand fucking pages. Yep, that's I know. An, that is an impossible task. Let's let so, Joey finish, though. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted <laughs> oh. to say that. Go ahead. No, no but no, you're right, and I agree with that. Like, there's a. They couldn't put everything in there because that would have taken decades to make all those freaking shows. Just so. not possible within the current so season of a human one. Lifetime. At least season one, more or less, like all the big picture stuff is there, even if many of the details are different. But season one basically covers the main events of book one, um, and so far, season two has been most of the important stuff from book two, but. I can't wait for season 14. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, like I would have preferred like movies, maybe I don't know. But then again, Dude. that would have been impossible. That would have been even do... more. <laughs> exactly. There, there would have been like, you can't make a two-hour movie based on an 800-page book. You can't make a three-hour movie based on an 800-page no. book. No. <laughs> you got to cut a lot. Yeah. So, mm. it's like I, I do enjoy bits and pieces of it but there are some things i find very odd like for instance um so the woman who plays moraine um mm -hmm. i forget her name um rosamond pike or something or rosalind pike or something but like okay so when i look at her face and her hair her clothing her voice like she is moraine but moraine is supposed to be like five feet tall and this woman is clearly taller than that and then the warder his name is lan he's supposed to be exceptionally tall and he's actually shorter than her on the show i just found that a little odd you know it's gonna happen though yeah sometimes and, you and just it, gotta it, go with the person you think can play the character the best and not necessarily the person that matches the character description and they both do a great job and but it's still mm -hmm. just a little jarring in every scene where they're standing next to each other i'm like ah she's taller than him that's weird <laughs> um and and in the books like we get some of her inner monologue where she is very upset at the fact that she's incredibly short and i don't mm -hmm. i don't it's just i don't know it's, it's just interesting adapting material between mediums can be incredibly difficult it can be. Except and, uh, manga to anime seems kind of like pretty and, easy. And I, mean, I think it's still difficult. But yeah. And what's easier. tricky about it is I was 15 when I started reading these books. So this is way back in the early 2000s. I'm in high school. I'm 14, 15 years old when I read the first book. And so, of course, in my mind, all of the female characters are like smoking hot supermodels in their 20s, right? So when they have these older actresses, it's like, oh, yeah, that's probably what she is actually described as. But my stupid adolescent brain made her look different, you know, and and me being a white male, it's probably probably the reason why in my brain, most of the characters are white. It's like, yeah, 
because you're white. And it's like, they were probably described as having tan skin and, you know what I mean? Um, I'm pretty people sure imagine many of them were. Default yeah. that look like themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's a, just a it. major race in that series is desert people that are definitely not white. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and I always saw parallels between those countries and our countries. Like, in, in my mind, like, yeah, Andor is England, and the Two Rivers is, like, the original 13 colonies. I live in New England, right? So I think of the Two Rivers as being where I'm from. And Carrion, I always thought of as being, like, France. Tyr is kind of like Spain. The Isle are kind of like Native American, sort of. Um, but it's not surprising that Lan looks is played by an Asian actor, because, yeah, there's definitely parallels between, like, China and the... Uh, the Borderlands countries. I mean, so even that if there wasn't, there's not really a lot of reason not to. <laughs> right, and, and obviously the book isn't going to say he had Asian features or she was an African-American woman. Right. Obviously it's not going to say that. The book literally just says, oh, tan skin or olive-colored skin. That can mean a lot colors. of things. Right, and um, tilted eyes and other things. But the thing that went over my head, though, was some female characters were described as being pillow friends. And so when I'm watching the show and there's a full-on, you know, girl-on-girl scene between two female characters, it's like, oh, that's what he meant. That's oh. not even a subtle euphemism. <laughs> no, but it, it just went right over my head. Pillow friends. I thought, oh, two women who are just very good just friends and sleep, and sleep in the same bed sometimes. And it's like, no, that's... That's a normal thing that people do. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but so anyways, yeah, that that was kind of jarring at the first time I saw it, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. That that was subtly mentioned in the books. Okay. <laughs> what I want to wa just walked into. Never mind. You, you, uh, you've just walked into the Wheel of Time turning. It's fine. The Wheel I mean, of Fate is turning, a... Rebel 1? Yes. I mean, what? your name is Wheels. It's true. Yeah. The wheels of time is turning. Rebel 1. Uh, let's see. Anyways, I so I'm I'm done talking about that now. Okay. Uh, uh let's see. Real quick one. Speaking of showgirls, when we get a sex worker as a game protagonist, as mentioned, it, it has happened. I don't think we're going to... I don't think we're going to see one in the role of protagonist in a major game unless Rockstar decides to uh, go particularly nuts with GTA 6. But <laughs> uh, definitely the, the indie space. Path Traveler? Yeah, that does happen. Yeah, that's true. I, technically, she was a dancer, but... Yeah. Yeah. But it was strictly... She, yeah, she yeah. part of her duties were other things. Yeah. Yep. Uh, technically, like the context this is asked in, it's also specifically gesturing at like the modern con uh, the modern uh, associations and connotations of a sex worker. And I think there's definitely things in the indie space that have already done this to some greater or lesser extent, but I've not uh, checked super far into it. Uh, but yeah, I, th I think that like any major AAA publisher would be squeamish about that for like a multitude of 
reasons, so you're probably only going to really see this in the indie space, or again, if Rockstar decides to push the envelope. Um, to hit another quick one, am I the only person that thinks that Baywatch could only have been popular in a world without internet pornography? No, you are not. That is, like, there's a fairly sharp, uh, it's, it's fairly easy to note that show that show and shows like it kind of just disappear once the internet becomes something people have in their <laughs> homes. <laughs> There was no, there was no, we had evolved past the need for VIP. Uh, but yeah. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, that's one of those things. Like, it's, it's a peculiarity of a time when people, uh, needed uh, more, more, uh, plausible deniability about what they were doing. Um, uh, <laughs> asks, are you glad that Honeybee turned out the way it was in FF7R? Yes. I think that was about the best way that that possibly could have been handled give while maintaining any connection to the original. Yeah. It I, is uh, glorious. It's, it's uh it functions well as something that uh it, it does what you uh, what you would hope would be done with something that had that many ways to go wrong. <laughs> uh, to come back in 2020 and like, oh, it's uh, it's actually like thoughtful and <laughs> and as respectful as it can manage to be. So that's a, a unique, rare, and beautiful thing. Let's talk to a guy who climbed the electric pole to steal his neighbor's neighbor's porn on demand cable channel. I, I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of work that would have gone into that, but I mean, respect the um, hustle, I suppose. <laughs> man, there was a guy with an open Wi-Fi across from one of the uh, one of the classroom buildings for my community college with a very questionable name for his Wi-Fi. Hmm. I mean, I still FBI have to deal man? with that. No, no, it was... Um, <laughs> it was I, I forget the name now, because this was like 10... God's 10 over 10 years ago but uh my teacher at the time commented that he, he always checked for it every couple of days just to see if it was still there and if uh to make sure the guy hadn't been like arrested yet yeah nothing illegal just you know questionable con you know yeah like you see it and you're like excuse me sir yeah relating to the topic at hand mm. yeah no we, we can we can draw our own conclusions Exactly, yes. It looks like the most questionable of Wi-Fi uh, names that used to be near me have had their names changed since then, so I was going to look that up and see if some of the more questionable ones were still there, but they all seem to have been changed. The most questionable one that seems to be near me now is just labeled Gamer House. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> just, uh, just untrustworthy. I distrust the Gamer House. I, I, well, no, I, uh... I would too, but... <laughs> There's this dog. Saying? I fed you. In my, in my complex, there's this dog. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't. Know. It's one of those small dogs, and the owner lets it out without a leash all the time, and it runs around, and it hates me, and it used <laughs> to run right over to my apartment and just bark at me. Um, but basically, one day I'm looking through the Wi-Fi networks, and she, the woman named her Wi-Fi network after the dog. Mm -hmm. And I always just wanted to hack into her network and just to change the name to Dog's Name okay. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. Rude. That's all. 
That's all uh, I want to say. I'm going to hit a couple in the big question list so that we don't forget about it. Uh, okay, a couple for a couple about KOTOR that feels fitting given that it looks like KOTOR remake has been super cancelled at this stage. Super cancelled! Did, did we discuss that last week? Oh, I feel yeah. like we did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I loved, like, apparently Sony responded to, like, it being taken down with, like, oh, we remove things with licensed music uh, when, when the terms of the license expired, and, like, People looked up that trailer. The only thing in there was the Star Wars theme. If you lose the license to that, it means you lost the license to the game. Mm. Uh, but yeah. Um, but we'll hit this. Uh, do you really think that Bioware ended Kraya's story? Bioware didn't write Kraya. Uh, she was uh, an invention, seemingly, of Obsidian. Uh, but leaving that aside, in KOTOR 2, prematurely because of time and resource constraints, or maybe they and or Lucas starts got cold feet. She got her way, even the understanding of the original trilogy would have had to change. They, like, realistically, I don't think... Like, LucasArts would have cared in the sense of they want to keep things consistent. I don't think that there was ever, like, any sort of, like, major concern about the implications KOTOR 2 would have on other Star Wars media in general. Uh... It's it's just one of those things that like they ran out of time and money. Uh, I mean, LucasArts did force them to push the game forward four months. That's insane. So, yeah. Uh, the above question is a conspiracy I heard a lot in the fandom, and with good reasons. If you go back to the '90s Star Wars novels, there was a lot of weird things. But when the author rolled in LucasArts, uh, Lucasfilm, and Del Rey made an effort to consolidate the contents, not just novels but also the games. A friend phrased it this way: They asked what Star Wars should be, not what can be. How weird and experimental would you want your Star Wars games to be? Presuming, of course, that it's a good game and not Star Wars Connect. You know what? I I want more stupid. Like, the thing I want out of... I want Star Wars Connect-style things to come back, not in the sense that I want a Connect game to come back, but I want uh, Star Wars content to come back that understands that Star Wars is fucking stupid. <laughs> yes, it like, but See, like, they want it to be serious, but it's it's pretty bloody stupid. Like, it's based on old 30s film serials. It's a fucking Flash Gordon homage. It's supposed... It's dumb as shit, and that's... Like, it's okay to care about things that are dumb as shit. I love things that are dumb as shit. But, like, you know, the, the, the need for it to be somber and serious and, like, everything sort of working in the mode that Star Wars is, like, a sacred cultural object. And it's like, nah, it's it's just space knights. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, there, there are good things that can work in that mode because sometimes it does work to just take something silly and take it... A, dead seriously i think that can work but when all of the stuff takes it dead seriously you lose a lot so bring back like fucking han solo dancing to a song about how han solo is cool in the dumbest way imaginable do it i don't care uh but yeah like i i think that there definitely is like an an, an ongoing attempt to manage star wars as a brand in a way that uh, I think it's deleterious, and certainly that's existed for many years, uh, <laughs> because we no longer get like novel passages like fucking Lando saying, "Hey, here's some hot chocolate. I invented it." Uh, but good news. Hmm? My new computer shipped. Yay. Hooray! 
Cool. But to to finish out that thought before I lose it, like I don't think that there was ever like a ma- like the what's in the script of Kotor two is mostly consistent thematically with what they were attempting. Like it's not like they really changed like they lost a lot of explicating detail but they didn't really change the themes or concepts that they were dealing with Um, all jedi had was a bunch of muppets but you know what those muppets were awesome (laughs) i love jazz band at jabba's palace i love it uh hey uh let's see fireminer Fireminer's asking what the specs are. <laughs> yeah, what'd you end up with? Hey, yeah, no, stop, stop, stop. Oh, I'm not going, no, no, oh. stop, stop. We're staying I will with Star post Wars. Them. Stop. We're staying with Star Wars. He has yes, Star I'm Wars saying questions. I will post it in the Discord. In the Discord. Okay. okay. Can we talk about the last episode and how it tackles the more magical aspect of the Force uh, that's already been done before? That's all stuff <laughs> from like the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff. It's not new. Uh, I don't yeah, care but... about Ahsoka. Should I care about Ahsoka? Did I don't know Rebels? anything. It's cancelled. What? They canceled the many series. I think that was it, it's it's done. How can it be cancelled? It's already oh. done. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, people were expecting a second season because there were like news reports saying they're not. They're it's cancelled before its final episode. So. Like, have you seen like the the way they do their live action Star Wars series? It's always like a one and done. Maybe they'll do another one, but they're not going to announce it that way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that it's series. So, uh, Joe, getting back to your question, if you have not watched Star Wars Rebels and or Star Wars Clone Wars, you should not watch Ahsoka because you okay. will have no fucking idea what's going on for the most part. Yeah, because I. TV I'm shows have homework I'm, now. <laughs> I, it's just, I really got the impression it was a person I was supposed to care about, and I'm like, I don't know who this yeah. is. Uh, the, says, the... There is no way they are not going full steam with Throne stories. There's too much money on the table. Uh, they are, uh, but Ahsoka is in a different universe it's just... now. Spoilers. Uh, so uh, she in the Legends she, timeline now? She will not be. <laughs> she will not be involved with it. Uh, okay, if you don't want to spoilers for that show. Well, it's not really spoilers because it's referenced in episode one that um, Thrawn and uh, what can I think of his name at the end of Rebels get whisked away by some warp speed whales and where they ended up with another universe. Okay, then. No, I'm sorry, not another universe. That makes it sound way more wild. Another galaxy. Oh, a galaxy closer, closer away. Yes, another galaxy. Like, there's a. uh, So, does that mean she's in another galaxy far, far away from the galaxy that was already far, far away? Correct. Might be in this galaxy. Who can say? Uh, But But was it a long time ago, or was it in the future, or what? No, it's now. Uh, So. I know that song. That's a good song. I think there's lots of possibilities opened up there for Star Wars, because. Like, that's where apparently, like, the Night Sisters originally came from. So, okay. I really like how they did that because it opens up all sorts of possibilities to do whatever stupid shit they want to do and not, and get away from how do we fill in all the space between these many stupid movies <laughs> and maybe do something that's Star Wars, but it doesn't fucking reference anything else. 
Not the dream, but I don't know that I believe in them. No, probably not. I do but... think that. Okay, I do Star, think Wars, Star Wars, but it references less than past Star Wars. That's a dream. That's the there dream. There you go. It definitely takes itself too seriously, and the hardcore Star Wars fans annoy the shit out of me. Um, Whereas I just look, I, I watched don't the trilogy. It, I don't think it takes. I don't think the new stuff takes itself very seriously. I think people take it too seriously. Like well, maybe that's you what I watch mean, the yeah. Mandalorian. There's all kinds of goofiness and fun in that. Yeah. There's lots of but fun like, in Ahsoka. There's lots of fun in Rebels and. There Clone is, Wars. however, a nightmarish CG Luke. I'm less, I'm less into that. Um, <laughs> what's, yeah. called? what's that other Star Wars series? The character from. Um, oh God! Why can't I think of the show? terrible at remembering names Hold on. Uh, well like i'm just saying i watched the star wars movies as a kid i watched the trilogy and thought oh that was neat but it i didn't think like oh i'm gonna devote my life to this and buy all the toys no not bad batch fireman and do all that other crap and like i remember like going to school and there was a kid wearing a boba fett shirt and i remember thinking oh well, the hell are you wearing that for like i don't know why are I, you like this <laughs> So I liked the movies, and that's as far as it went for me, and I didn't feel compelled. I didn't have to get the Lego. Can you really the, call yourself a true fan if you aren't willing to watch Ewoks Battle for Endor? Oh, I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> I hate those goddamn Ewoks. Andor. They suck. Andor, that's the show. That show's really yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a <laughs> serious show, but I think it's yeah. tackling some I enjoyed, serious I, I, I enjoyed X-Wing. The game. Versus TIE Fighter. Yes. <laughs> no, just X-Wing. I could not get TIE Fighter to work I, at the time. Tragic. I enjoy six of the nine films. and the But not a consistent set. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, per personally, my opinion, the movies are fun. Star Wars works better as TV shows. Hmm. I, I was about to uh, impersonate Jar Jar Binks, but I wasn't sure how that would fly. Oh, God. Okay, I'm back. One, um, Phantom Menace is where it was like, okay, yeah, well, there was some cool stuff in there. No, no, we're not doing, right. we're not litigating the entire Star Wars. No, okay, Here. fine. But uh, I'll litigate them. They all no. mostly suck. Yeah. Watch the TV shows. Thank you. God damn it, oh. Wheels. I'm not doing my homework. I will not do Star Wars homework. <laughs> No, actually, a funny anecdote. My sister got me... I don't know, it was a cup in the shape of Anakin Skywalker, you know, with his helmet on when he was piloting the pod racers. And my thought was, oh, cool, now I get to make him crash. And yeah, nice. <laughs> and then he crashed. Play Star Wars Racer's Racer Revenge on your PlayStation 2. I like yes. the original game better. Oh, damn. The one on N64? That's the one I played. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what was I gonna say? Star uh, Wars. No, we're we're done with Star Wars. Star Wars is over. We talk about okay. One Piece again. No. We can talk about it later. Um. Are we talk about Chainsaw talk Man. About no. Oh my God. No. I, you you are giving me a headache. <laughs> Fuck it. We're closing down. We're done. We're done for tonight. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's the my first part. My ten-part oh review of the Tournament of Power and Dragon End Ball your Super. goddamn life. 
I'm so tired. <laughs> Can we just... Yeah, how about we plug and we're then... the worst. Yeah. Are worse. we ending? Do we have to end? Yes, we're ending because you've done this to me. <laughs> so, where can we do? Well, I, I want to plug and then go to sleep. And then you okay. can do whatever you want after that. And tell us where we can find Because it's your show. Um, oh, yeah. So I talked about it already. But yes, go to twitch.tv slash Gamer. Also, you can look me up on YouTube and Mastodon and Discord and whatever. But... Um, Yes, doing Spooky Hallow stream for all of October. Streaming Tuesday, oh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, usually starting around 8 or 9 o'clock. And it's going to be Resident Evil's, Castlevania's, all the spooky, scary stuff you can think of. Play Clock Tower Ghost Head. I never played a Clock Tower game, huh? <laughs> I just think the name Man. Ghost Head is really funny. That is the name. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was renamed to Clock Tower to the Struggle Within in the U.S. Oh, oh Jesus Christ, Fire Miner, no. What, what well, happened? he wants to talk what about Star Trek now? now. No, no, we're not. Oh, oh no, abort, no. Abort. Star Trek is for dorks. Hey. I love Star Trek, but also a dork. No. Uh, abort, abort, abort. Abort. <laughs> a we long time, time ago, a long time ago when I was working at a gas station... I said, I was telling somebody, I'm like, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan and Star Trek is for dorks. And then a state trooper stepped out from behind a thing where I couldn't see him and said, well, I'm a Star Trek fan. What are you trying to say? And it was funny. Yeah. Anywho. I remember working. Plugs. At school. Yeah, yeah. I'll plug you. Okay, tell us about the RP Gamer streams. We need to know the up-to-the-date the information. The up-to-date information is that we have had a, a lot of uh, missed streams due to work and or computer issues, depending on the streamer. Uh, yeah. But we do generally try and stream seven days a week uh, with all different content with different people. Uh, I am hoping to be back next week now that my computer is supposed to be shipped. Yay. Yay. Or it, not a, supposed to be. It has shipped. Um, hmm. But... Uh, so, uh, but the big thing is actually we're coming up to extra life. Hooray! So, so for so for an entire weekend at the uh, beginning of uh, November, the first full weekend of November, we are streaming uh, starting Friday afternoon at like four p.m. It's either four or six p.m. Eastern time, four uh, yeah four p.m. Eastern time. We will be uh, streaming the entire weekend. Uh, you taking a shift on that wheels? <laughs> uh, not this year. I said nope. uh, some people already took the the time slots that we've been able to do. So that's fair. Yeah. So, and I and I am still doing the day, I am still doing the overnight Saturday to Sunday. Nine hours of stream because it's eight hours scheduled of daylight with daylight savings thrown in. So, hey, so I am know, taking off. Like, I am taking off here. work Monday and Tuesday. Wise choice. <laughs> so, uh, pop in there and say hello to dear friend Tam. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, come check us out. Uh, we would be happy if you, you know, for donations, of course, because the money is uh, supporting the Children's Miracle Network, which. Uh, donates to all sorts of uh 
children's hospitals, uh, I specifically donate to the uh, UNMH Children's Hospital here in New Mexico, which is the only trauma law, trauma one center in all of the state. Damn. We're we're yeah. we're a pretty poor state. Hmm. Yeah, can always use all the help you can get. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely definitely give that a look. Uh, good use of uh, a good time. Uh, spread the word, even if you can't donate. Someone someone you spread the word to might be able to. Uh, Otherwise, uh, you can check out Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Yeah, that's right. I, I pulled that plug when you thought I had forgotten. You can check that out on uh, Amazon. It's uh, via Kindle or Kindle Unlimited or via collections of stories in book format. Uh, if you enjoy the narrative elements that naturally spring from a group of people uh, playing a tabletop RPG, sometimes making very poor decisions while doing so. You know, give it a shot. It's it's always a good time. Uh, I know that uh, Gaijin has been uh, appreciating uh, every every latte every latte you can pay for with the with the cash from generated by that. So you know, give it a look. Uh, support support your local hardworking indie author. But yeah, uh, so that's Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. You can find that by searching Amazon for Maiko Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-C-U. As for us, uh, you can ask us questions in the Discord uh, by joining the Discord by going to rpgamer.com, clicking the community tab, and checking into the podcast section. Questions there will be assumed to be for us unless they're addressing someone from one of the other podcasts. Uh and if it's if it if you think it's for them and it's not, uh, I will try my best to direct it to the appropriate person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, you can even if you don't want to ask us questions, it's a lovely community that you should consider joining. Regardless, uh, you can also ask us questions in the comments section under this very episode on RPGamer.com. Not many people have been doing that recently, but it's always an option. We always enjoy seeing it. Uh, or you can ask us questions if you manage to catch us streaming, which we do every Thursday. Uh, at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. We will be taking a few weeks off at the end of October because we will be playing Spider-Man 2 and I will be on vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the, my vacation, looking forward to coming back in uh, this like first full week of November uh, to hear a book report on the quality of Spider-Man 2. Uh, but otherwise, you know, we'll be off for that period. So don't expect streams. Uh, no, don't expect Q&A quests during that. There might be some adjacent shenanigan streams, our stream that we do every Sunday, uh, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, uh, where we just sort of play whatever strikes our fancy. Last week we panicked, punted, had no idea what we were playing, and Wheels and uh, Joe got extremely pissed off at Mario Kart 8. So that was fun. And I, I also, had fun watching that. I also played Anthem. <laughs> yep, that did happen. Oh, you ended up oh, yeah. like I, I enjoyed watching uh, Wheels not know uh, how to slide in Mario Kart 8 quite a bit. I was sitting here like, why aren't you doing that? Well, no, slide. 200cc is just broken. That's what well, slide. It's, it's a lot harder in 200cc. <laughs> well, the thing is, well, you have to you have to actually stop sliding to and do it multiple times to get better cornering. 
Well, I forgot to tell you guys. Um, so the next day, I sent him a message. I'm like, just, oh, if you ever make me play 200cc again, I will drive a co-kart to your house and leave a flaming pack of dog poo on your doorstep. I was hoping you were going to say throw a turtle at his head, but that's also good. I'm oh, glad I to... Hurt a turtle. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> doesn't care about hurting me. It's worried about uh, the turtle. Obviously, the objective is to hurt you. <laughs> but, and then, yeah. of course, I texted him the Luigi death stare gif. That I, I expect. I thought that was implied. Um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah. Uh, for, for the other questions that Fireminer has left in the uh, podcast section, we will catch them next week. I want to make sure that we're done with those before we go on brief hiatus. Uh, just, uh, just praying here that Spider-Man 2 is much better than the Horizon Forbidden crap. Please. please. Oh, oh, that's... Oh, that's yes. Okay, it took me a second to figure out what the hell you were talking I'm about. talking about bad uh, Sony sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, if anything, it'll probably just be a little too safe the way that Sony and Insomniac tend to be. But it'll be fine. Um, as long as the writing's good. That, yeah, I, I have no, way. I have nothing but confidence in that. I really liked Miles Morales, uh, but yeah. So that's that's us uh, sorted for the week. Uh, catch us on Sunday. We'll probably play. We might have an idea what we're doing this week. Uh, no promises. You you have several days to figure that out and let us know. Um, but yeah, otherwise, Mario uh, 3D World. Oh, God. Oh, not again. No, we got so pissed off the last time. (laughs) (sighs) Moving moving on. Uh, But, yeah, so catch a... Figure out what friendship-destroying game that we will be playing on Sunday uh, if you catch us 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. But otherwise, we're going out. So see you, Space Cowboys. Peace! Candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Uh. Seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. What? (laughs) 